good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Thank you, Michael, and thank you for bringing him, Paula. We have such a talented group of folks that you uh, surround yourself with, so thank you. <clears throat> well, you know, when I prepare talks, I always have a specific intention of what the content of what that talk was going to be like. Because often, you know, select these titles, you know, way in advance. But sometimes events take place that cause me to, to veer off what my original intention is. And it invites me to kind of change your plans. As someone used to say, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell God your plans. You know. I'll still talk about the, the topic today about celebrating your soul. But it's going to be a little different perspective than what I originally had decided upon. That's because, you know, this past Tuesday, you know, 19 children, you know, they were 9, 10, 11 years old, as well as two teachers were killed in a mass shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. Several so of the kids were wounded and the person identified as the shooter died as well. And it was, of course, uh, the second deadliest school shooting in U.S. history. It was only surpassed by what took place at Sandy Hook almost 10 years ago. And I remember that because I had been at Spiritual Life Center maybe a couple of months, and it was just before Christmas. So with all that going on, I thought maybe this morning I'd start out with a prayer, and it would be appropriate and invite you to join with me in this consciousness. Divine Spirit, our hearts are open to your presence. We surrender this human catastrophe that took place in Uvalde, Texas, to the spirit of the living God. And while our human mind may not comprehend the shadow side of humanity that led to this, as well as any other events that have taken place, and perhaps our minds cannot grasp the suffering of those who have loved and lost. May those who have died find solace and perhaps joy in the immortal realms that's on the other side of the veil. May those who mourn them be comforted in their time of anguish. And may our prayers 
as well as our actions, be guided by the divine, all-knowing, loving presence that dwells within all of us so that we may co-create a world where this occurs no more. And so it is. Amen. You know, the day before this tragedy took place, I wrote a blog, uh, and I talked about, among other things, my favorite singing group as I was growing up, uh, The Temptations. And I was sharing earlier that I knew nearly all of their songs. Some of them I still remember the words. Psychedelic shack, that's where it's at. Psychedelic shack, that's where it's at. Or just my imagination once again running away with me. And then the other one, I got sunshine on a cloudy day when it's cold outside. I got the month of May, I guess you say, what would make me feel this way? My girl, my girl, my girl, talking about my girl. Some of you all relate. You're people after my own heart. <laughs> Anyway, I think it's 1970, they had another song called The Ball of Confusion, What the World Needs Today. And the music reflected one of the most tumultuous and divisive decades that had just taken place. I don't remember any mass shootings taking place during that time, but there was a lot of other stuff going on. You know, there was the civil rights movement. There was the Vietnam War. There was the anti-war protests. There was high-profile political assassinations. And there was the emerging generation gap. And there was the fight for equality among marginalized groups. All of that marked that previous decade when that song came out. You know, it was Mark Twain that said something to the effect that history does not repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And we often have rhyming experiences taking place during our current times. We may have our own ball of confusion, so to speak, uh, with the divisive politics. Uh, sometimes there's hate crimes and, of course, there's the heart-crushing events that just took place in that elementary school in Uvalde. And whenever we experience such tumult, people often wonder, what's the solution? How do we create a world that reflects our better angels and not the shadow side of our humanity? How do we prevent more killings in schools and theaters and clubs and even grocery stores as what took place uh, less than two weeks ago in Buffalo, New York? Now, as we look at what's going on in the outer world, well, some will say we need more gun regulation and Others will take the opposite. We need less and say everybody should be carrying guns. And they say that with a straight face. One of them was said by an individual who's a graduate of my alma mater. And I want to say next time I see him, I won't mention his name, Ted. Um, <laughs> some say we need more security. 
Some say that we need to have bulletproof glass in the court, in the, in the, in the classrooms, and we need to give attention to mental illness, and others suggest we have a cultural violence problem in our entertainment, in our games, in our rhetoric, and all of that is the cause. And this is not to dismiss any of those things. They need to be addressed. But as we look at this from a spiritual perspective, we hardly hear anyone say, look inside ourselves. And that perhaps the origin of what we see erupting starts within us. Now, most people are not consciously or deliberately wanting to see tragedies like this take place in any way, shape, or form. But I have to look, even with myself, I have to look within and ask myself, is there a seed thought that somehow contributes to these kind of events taking place? And even in a small way. Because every moment we have an opportunity to engage in kindness or cruelty, patience or impatience, forgiveness or revenge, somehow, someway, all of those things live within us. And so sometimes if something happens and somebody does something, we might be saying, hey, they had it coming. There's a simple, um, there's a small amount of that energy there. And that's why we can legislate changes or convene more summits or put in place more constrictions, make legal rules in place that we didn't have before. And such actions will address the surface effects, but not get to the root of the challenges that are here for us to resolve. I think changes at the root level must start with a transformation of our soul. And as I was reviewing what this is all about, I, I realized that sometimes we get confused as to what we mean by that, what is meant by the soul. And of course, the reason for this sometimes confusion is that there's different schools of thoughts, different perspectives, different philosophies that use different terms to define what that is. You know, in the New Thought Ancient Wisdom teachings, which were all apart, the entire awareness is really telling us it is our consciousness. That's what our real soul is, our consciousness. That's another word for it. And our consciousness is behind everything that we see and express in our outer world. And the soul is fed and nurtured by our thoughts and the values that we hold. And those things that we hold and values that we have often come up in our world. And oftentimes, oftentimes it's because it's showing up in the shadow part of our life. But we can make another choice and we can say that we want to have those thoughts, those values that come from the divine, that come from that perfect and pure spiritual ideas that are always present. So if we feed our soul with fear and thoughts and values that perpetuate a belief in separation, what will manifest is a, a world of tumult and divisiveness and sometimes behavior that leads and reflects an us versus them consciousness. And sometimes that leads to the, the, the violence and cacophony in many different degrees and forms in our world. But we do always have a choice. 
and we can feed our soul with principles of truth that reflect the high ideas and ideals and the purity of our spirit. So we can either contaminate our soul or our consciousness with the low vibrational thoughts that come strictly from the human realm or, the, or we can bring in those high vibrational ideas that come only from the one presence and the one power and that one source we call spirit. And one of these things contaminates the consciousness and the other maintains its purity. That's why I always interpreted that statement from the master teacher, Jesus the Christ, who said to those who have ears to hear, what good is it for someone to gain the world yet forfeit their soul? If the soul or our consciousness infused with the fear thoughts and the doubt and the worry, the lack, the limitation, the belief in separation, if it's infused with those who seek materialism and power only, then that is what outpictures in our world. And sometimes this includes so-called solutions that perpetuate the pictures we want to see transformed or made different or disappear. This is spiritual law. That's why this painful event in Uvalde and other places take place. Universal law simply shows up. It's outpicturing what's in our consciousness generally and in events particularly. And of course, we're not casting blame on anyone here. But it affords us the opportunity to take a close examination of what's going on on an individual and a collective awareness because we're all interconnected with this. You know, there's a basic hermetic principle that simply says, as within, so without. So sometimes you want to stop and ask, what is within my own awareness in regard to our intention toward peace as individuals, as a nation, as a world? So we ask the question, what are we choosing? And what ideas are we letting into our souls and take in to be infused with our individual life? You know, some individuals, you know, are fighting for the right to have automatic weapons. I call them weapons of war because of a value system that puts profits before people. And not advocating that we have more books in every school for every child for them to be educated and evolve. And then we begin to realize that when we have that kind of value system, it's contributing to an atmosphere wherein thought forms become lodged in the collective awareness that end up showing up in our human experience. Like I said, it's not to take any responsibility away from a person, get them off the hook by any means. All individuals must take responsibility for their own actions. Rather, it asks and suggests that we become aware where we may be contributing to an energy other than the love to the group soul. So constantly we must ask ourselves throughout our day, what am I feeding my soul? What's the nature of the soul food that I'm taking in? Understanding the soul is fed by our thought. And the best food for our soul are the qualities of the spirit of God. Sometimes we call that the word of God. 
And when the word of God is properly appropriated or taken in, the soul is pure. And it reflects the truth of our being. And this is what we want to celebrate. This word of God, these qualities of God, often challenges our present state of consciousness. It's challenging us always to be more, to be the greatest that we are yet to be because within us there is something waiting to express itself. Sometimes it comes to us with a vision to help us fly more, to help us feel better, to inspire us and remind us that we are the great expressions of the divine. That is our true identity. You know, we have been given our identity clause that says, ye are the light, the light of every person that comes in the world. And yet there's even more than that. It's also saying to us, yes, all of that is true, but each of us have to grow to get there. And so you and I know that it's that word, that logos. When it comes to us, we know it is because oftentimes it's disturbing to the human ego. You know, that word will make us love in places where we do not want to love. When that word comes from that presence, it takes us to places within us where we do not want to go. And we may say to ourselves, oh, I don't want to love that deeply. I don't want to forgive that much. I don't want to do that kind of work. But when this awesome word comes, it is taking our soul prisoner, so to speak, we're actually just surrendering to it and it's saying to us in so many words, this is what you've been praying for. This is what you want. This is what you wanted to be when you are at your highest and your best. This is the potential that you really want to express. You know, there was a news program I saw a while back about a journalist. And she had made a decision that she was going to go to Palestine and her purpose was to seek revenge on the, the persons who harmed her father and tried to kill her father. And she wrote a whole book about the journey, but to make a long story short, she said she went to the court that day, and after the perpetrator's conviction, she had the impulse for that revenge, and it took full effect in her. She was feeling it well up. But something erupted within her to seek reconciliation, to speak words of forgiveness. So she did not know what would happen to her in that courtroom at that time. She did not know what was being orchestrated behind the scenes that was affecting her, her soul force, so to speak. But when that food came to her, that awesome word came to her, it took her over. And it took her beyond her opinion. It took her beyond her prevailing point of view. It took her beyond her, her, her human way of seeing things. And she said that lives were healed, including her own. People were transformed. And that awesome word of God brought her to a place of divine love that her humanness did not want to go. Anyway, I say all that is important to feed our soul with that kind of food. Because when we do, whenever we see things in the outer world that we do not like, the, 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 the balls of human confusion as the temptation sang, 
such as the mass shootings that took place in Uvalde and, and other places, then we will be guided to do the right kind of actions. You know, that's our fifth principle, to take action. But the action will be approached from the right consciousness. We won't be like people who sometimes say, I'm going to go to this peace rally, but they're trampling on the flowers along the way. And they're beating up the people along the way that they don't like. We want our soul to be fed from the divine. And when it is, we take the action we are guided to take. You know, I always say that in, in this New Thought philosophy, we never tell people what to do. We ask them to get connected with their presence of God within them. And they will be guided to do what they need to do in the outer to make the transformation. And we're reminded that, that which radiates from within us is in the world. Essentially, when we change ourselves, we begin to change the world. That's why every week we sing that song, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. The choices we make about ourselves and the food we feed our souls or our consciousness, that is what we feed ourselves with the thoughts and the values that we hold. They either add to that ball of confusion in our world or they bring more harmony. They bring more cooperation. They bring more sharing. They bring more reverence for life. And if we want to change the world and end the loss of innocent lives like those children and those teachers in Uvalde, remember it begins by changing ourselves, purifying our souls, purifying our consciousness and awareness, and then taking the right and perfect action so that we can begin to see the world when we can be at our highest and best. At this time, I'd just like to join in, in prayer as we lift up the vibration, not only of ourselves, but all those around us, our world, Remember, as the master teacher said, that in our world, sometimes we see and we experience trials and tribulations. But he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome this. And I believe he had overcame this because he was in touch with that something that is beyond words, beyond thoughts, beyond description. It is that endless, changeless, eternal something that we call the presence of God that I like to call the force. And it contains all the qualities that are good and perfect, that remind us of who and what we really are. When it's not been contaminated by the lower thought forms, the, the shadow side of our humanity. It is the peace that passes all human understanding. It is the realization that we are always one in the spirit and that whatever we do to anyone affects all of us on some way, shape, or form. But we understand that when we begin to feed ourselves the qualities of the spirit of the living God, and we begin to affirm the principles of truth, the principles of freedom, the principles of oneness and kindness, principles that we indeed are always our brothers and sisters keepers 
and that we are part of one human spiritual family and that whatever we do to anyone we do to ourselves so we want to do things that reflect the spirit of the living God that from which we have come we're reminded that no one coming back to save us the spirit of living God gave us us and the power of choice God needs us to shine God's light because we are the way that spirit gets around in this dimension. It is always up to us to first have those soul thoughts that purify our souls to be that clear channel and that clear vessel of this presence. And whenever we see anything in the outer, we recognize that we are guided to take the right and perfect action that comes from that place of oneness, that comes from that place of peace and harmony and joy and wisdom and the possibilities of the human spirit. And as we do our part, we begin to uplift the entire world and we anchor a little bit more of heaven on earth. This is our commission and charge and why are we here? We do our part and then the spirit of God provides the increase along the way. For this we're grateful and thankful, and so it is. Amen. Let us take a moment and feel that and sense our oneness with one another in the presence. And uh, just let you know that uh, next week uh, I'll be back. Schwarzenegger said I'll be back. Talk about using our remote control to transform our lives. You know, we have our human remote control that changes the picture on the screen. We contain this change of picture on the screen of our own life. So we'll talk a little bit about that next week. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh